Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. Yes. I'm Craig. I'm Daniel. And we are attempting to make good theology automatic, or at least help you figure out how to make good theology help automatic. Help you help us help us all. Yes. And, Dil- <laughs> and Dylan, would you help us by hitting start on that timer right there? Yes. We are going to try and uh, hang out with you for about 25 minutes, just long enough for you to get to work. That's that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, right. And if you work from home, just long enough for you to make eggs on toast. Yes. Which is a great breakfast. Is it take 25 minutes to make <laughs> eggs on toast? I think to make and enjoy. Yeah. And, and yeah, to eat and enjoy. Yeah, yeah for sure. So actually, that's perfect segue because this question is coming um, about kids. And so you're going to make eggs for your kids. And we're going to talk about this. Oh, wow. This came through Instagram. And somebody said, how do I raise my children in the faith when me and my spouse have different beliefs? Yeah, wow. What a good question. How do I raise my kids in the faith when me and my spouse Mm -hmm. have different beliefs? Wow, this is really good. So to me, the question could be maybe... um, uh, both spouse, both spouses are Christian, but different denominations with pretty varying beliefs. Or it could be a believer in an unbelieving spouse. I think I happen to, yeah. I happen to know who this. I believe, I believe I know this person, and I believe the question would be more the latter. Okay, like hey, a believer in the husband. Unbeliever. My husband's not really a believer. Doesn't mm-hmm. care to join at church. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. follow Jesus, and I'm bringing, trying to bring my kids to church. So now yeah. I'm sitting in church alone. My mm. kids are in Sunday school. Uh, but we could talk about all of it because, yeah. you know, this question is probably relevant well, to people in different ways. So For this person, if that's the case, if that's true, you're doing the right thing. Better is one day in his course than a thousand anywhere else. There's no better place for you to be than in a a, a a godly church that loves Jesus, preaches Jesus, your kids uh, around like-minded believers, they need it a lot. Mm -hmm. So great job so far. That would absolutely be on a short list of things that I think you would really need to be super purposeful and make a priority is find a great church that's great at community. Yeah, 100%. Um, The other good news I would have for this person is I don't know if you could find anyone who... If you followed the true teachings of Jesus the way that he intended, um, th- there people would have a lot of trouble finding fault with the morality of your life, right? I mean, they'll find fault with you. They'll persecute you for sure. That's a mm-hmm. promise. But objectively, we're talking about Jesus who calls you to love and pray for your enemies and right. to turn the other cheek. Right. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, right? I mean, we're talking about great qualities that are generally celebrated. So so when when you've chosen this lifestyle for your kids and you're raising them up in this, there are really good byproducts that come from it. So so there's some good news there. Like you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that just really hates the qualities that come out of a, a life of someone who follows Jesus. But that's happening a lot more, though. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, um, I, I might disagree with that a little bit. I think, I think that when a Christian is truly loving and truly kind and truly generous and, and doesn't boast and isn't hard on the truth, um, um, I think it's okay to be truthful 
if it's wrapped in love really well and at the center of it is love. Mm. I think the thing that a lot of people, if I can speak on the behalf of the unbelieving world, I think they're tired of Christians who say one thing and live another. Mm. And I think they're tired of Christians who feel that because of we get our moral co- code from the creator of the universe that we can assess and judge their life. Um, I think th- that that's what they're re- I don't think anyone's like, Oh, that, that Christian feeds the poor and homeless and helps the hungry. Right. Like what a piece of garbage. Like no one's having an issue when we do those things. Right. So I think there are really great qualities that can come from your life and your kid's life that, that people would celebrate is my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I would I would also start by saying thank you for uh, having the courage to pursue this journey, yeah. even if your significant other is not. And um, you know, your marriage is the most uh, important relationship that you're in. Wow, it's a it's a covenant commitment. Um. I think that most people would say, I, I think, maybe this is a different question, but I think most people would say that your commitment to your spouse is more important than your commitment to your kids. Yeah. I even think, though I think, I think by nature, right. we probably feel a little different than that. Yeah. Um, and yet, Jesus says, if you love anybody more than me, you're not worthy of me. Come on. And so there's the tension. <clears throat> well, what does yeah. that mean to, I mean, I'm... I can't, I can't even love my wife more than I love God. Yeah. Now, if my wife doesn't follow Jesus or is not encouraging me to follow Jesus, how do I keep loving them and stay in that relationship? Because we know we're, we know yeah. you are to stay in that relationship, mm-hmm. but still make God the number one priority. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's the same thing as the verse, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Um, and we've had an episode, I think in season two, where we talked about um, kids even young adult kids, like obeying their parents anytime it doesn't violate what God is calling you to do. And I I think it's probably the same in a marriage, right? It's like you put that, of all your earthly relationship, that marriage is your priority until it conflicts with what God is asking you to do in the Bible. Like if your husband were to say, you can't go to church, I'd be like, I'm really sorry and I love you, but I'm going to be going to church. Like that's where I go. Right. And, um, you know, there's ways you can um, be defiant, like Daniel praying in public view. Right. It's like, I'm not going to stop doing the things that the Lord calls me to do. I'll do it quietly. I'll do it humbly and as peacefully as I can, but I will not stop. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah. And so I think that the power uh, that one person, one parent can have over kids Mm-hmm is important and significant and also that in the end what your example might mean for your unbelieving spouse or your spouse with different beliefs whatever that is um so is there any practical tips that we have how do i raise my children in this way yeah um yeah we there are practical tips um I think I would agree with you. I think as the let's either believing or stronger believer in the relationship, kids glean more than they take when you teach them directly. They pick it up. They watch your life. They are the watchers, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when they see you living at this higher level of love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, 
humble, like they see the fruit in your mm-hmm. life. They're going to, they're smart enough. They're going to be like, that is the way. Like I right. see the goodness. I see Jesus in that. So take some peace and comfort knowing that while there might be suffering as you have to hold your tongue or different things like that, that your kids are seeing those behaviors. Yeah. Um, so I would live publicly in front of my kids. I would let them into the process without ever dishonoring my spouse. Right, right, right. So that's one thing I would do. Number two, we already talked about, I would be in a great church and I would surround them with great Christian friends. I would literally serve in children's ministry. Um, I, I I would... I would take that children's pastor and put my arm around them and be like, how can I help? Because that person right there is going to be feeding into your children so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great children's pastor at the heart of the city mm-hmm. when we were there. And um, uh, anyway, um, that person's going to be really important. Your youth pastor is going to be really important for your life. Like, like buddy up with them, ask what you can do, share with them. You know, um, and then obviously you have to let your kids journey be a little bit their own, but like, if you can know their leadership well and, and, uh, be available, that's a tip I would say would, will go far for you. Absolutely. I, it just makes me think like of a broader sort of thought about kids, you know, like, like you and I, we were raised in church Mm -hmm. and I don't know your parents' situation, but you know, both my parents were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a lot of people that's like they were raised in church and both parents were believers. And then like a lot of people in maybe older ages, mm-hmm. they uh, people would, you know, go sow their wild oats or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that what I've noticed, and I don't know, this is just what I've noticed, that the kids that come back, or whatever mm. it's it's oftentimes because it's like man i can't deny the fruit that's in my parents yeah the real love real versus the parents that maybe acted a little bit more one way at church but they really lived a different way or you know you could say hypocritical and so i just would agree with what you're saying like yeah. even if it's not both parents if you are setting an example mm-hmm. for your kids like a real example not just of taking them to church but of being jesus yeah. The other 164 hours out yeah. of every week, at some point, they're not going to, they're going to notice. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Real fruit is noticed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, and I would hope and pray that your spouse would notice that as well. Mm. You know, can you, what would you do, Craig, if like the other spouse was actively trying to sabotage the things that we're talking about? They're actively, aggressively like, no. They're fighting against these things. Like, how would you process that? What would you recommend? That would be so hard, right? I don't even know if I can imagine. And I know, I know this happens. You know, yeah. One parent. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of uh, when I was a youth pastor. We had a a single mom who had two kids in our youth ministry, and the dad was, she would drop him off at church, and he would be there waiting in the parking lot, and be like, "Come with me," and they there was fights in the parking lot, the whole, the whole charade. Really? Yeah. It was pretty intense. And, um, anyway, it was a real, real challenge. Uh, you know, obviously we rallied around the mom and we're trying to be graceful to the dad because at the end of the day, we want the dad to come into the community of Jesus. Right. <laughs> right? So we, we were like, how do we not make him the enemy and really tell these kids? And here's the rub. You got to honor and love your father, even though he's wrong but you can't honor him above the Lord. Right. Oh, so it was super challenging. I mean, it went on for like a year and a half and it didn't resolve. 
the, what ended up happening? the kids aged out. I don't, I don't really, they just aged out. They were, you know, in high school at the time. So it's a big challenge. I really feel for this person. It's a really big challenge, but I was curious. I was in the situation and I, I don't know if I did all the right things. We tried a lot of things, but what would you do? Well, yeah. And like, I don't know, I don't know exactly the answer to, and, and the whole framework of this whole podcast is, okay, how are we thinking thematically about something? And s- questions like this, it's like, you, you got to think through, okay, what, where in the scripture speaks to this? And I don't really know if there's explicit places other than what you already quoted yeah. about, you know, obey your parents so far as they're not leading you mm-hmm. or commanding you against what the Lord, because the Lord is your highest authority. Yeah. Um, I've even heard of kids that get saved and both parents are against the mm-hmm. idea of religion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it's like, how do they're asking, how do I deal with that? What do yeah. I do? No, my parents don't even want me to, neither of them want me to be here at church, you know? And I, yeah, I mean, the best counsel that I have is, do your best to be honoring and loving in how you talk to them yeah. and, and all those things. But at the end of the day, like you have to do what God has called you to do. And we see this play out way more in other countries, way more, you know, yeah. like yeah, predominantly Muslim countries, for mm-hmm. example, it's like if, if you really got saved and you know, you can't deny Jesus, but you know that if you do that in front of your family, you're gone. Yeah. It's and, brutal. And people make that decision, and, and I honor them for that. Yeah. And we're just not as used to that here. Yeah. Um, but that's a thing. Yeah, and I think that's where the conversation sort of has to go for this person is like, I wouldn't try to press the issue. I would try, if that makes sense, I wouldn't try to like throw it in the other spouse's face. I think that still small voice, the quiet rebellion, the like, this is what I'm taking the kids to church. We're reading the Bible. We serve Jesus and we want you to come. If you've ever read C.S. Lewis's Great Divorce. Oh yeah. Like, do you know the tragedian section where the tragedian has the mask and he's like, aren't you, aren't you like so sad that you're not with me? And the the response is like, no, I am whole in Christ. I don't need anything else. I'm so sorry. Hmm. And they just like, the way it's written, if you've never read it, it's a great read. It's it's a it's allegory. an it's an allegory. Yeah, it's an advanced read, but it's really good if you like books. Mm-hmm. Um, it served me a lot of times in my own life dealing with really really difficult people um, who want th- their way or to be the center of your universe, <laughs> and um, you're like, I'm sorry, Jesus is the center of my universe. Like, like, and what He wants is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. But the way it's presented in the book is it's so loving and it's so firm, but it's not aggressive. Um, so um, I guess I'm saying all those things to try to say, I think that maybe you need to prayerfully seek this quiet rebellion of serving Jesus no matter the cost. And um, hopefully it doesn't cost you the marriage, but if you're going to, this is the thing. The, okay, here's, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring the sword, Jesus says, to divide. And then he talks about father from son and, you know, all the, this is what it is. Jesus is the issue that may divide people. And in this one case, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You choose Jesus always. Mm -hmm. You choose his way always. Let the dead bury the dead. There's another story, right? All the familial obligations, all the things you ought to do, like you follow Jesus. Yeah. Right. 
It's interesting because he says, I came to bring peace in one passage. Oh, I was going to say, not in that passage. And yeah. then he says yeah. the opposite. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that those two things contradict. Correct. I mean, he's a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. Like, he literally came he to loves bring shalom and wholeness. That's right. But peace at the expense of that's him, it. Yeah. That's where it is. There it's is like, no nope. peace without him. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, that's, so that's the where point. the sword comes in and divides because. Correct. So those, you know, people, well, he's contradicting himself. No, he's not. Yeah. I'm because really glad the, you unpacked it's the that. Same, it's, the same, it's the same thought process where he says, unless you hate your father and mother. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so now Jesus wants us to hate people. No, no, no. But if I said honor your father and mother, yeah. right? Obviously, love is the greatest commitment. Love yeah. God and love people. The point is, it's a, you know. Yeah. The point is like, compared to loving me, everything else has to be Correct. second or Correct. third or tenth or whatever. Yeah. So, which is why you always feel for people in this situation. Be in one sense, like no one has to. You don't ever want to put someone in a position where it's like, would you rather have water or oxygen? It's like, well, I'd like both, please. <laughs> but if you have to pick one, you can only live like a minute without oxygen, and you can go a few days without water, right? Right. right? There's a priority list in survival, and there's a hundred percent a priority list. There is no peace without Jesus, truly. Right. There is no salvation without the son of God and there is no hope for your life apart from him. And so you must choose to follow him yeah. over anything else. Yeah. So I, I think for me at the end of the conversation, um, I think in, in some ways, my advice to you would be really no different than if you had a believing spouse or a spouse that's on the same page as you. Mm. Um, Right, I mean, yeah, you know, it's a great perspective. Yeah, what keep... would I do to raise my kids? And my my wife does believe. I it just because she believes doesn't relieve me of the same duty. And I and and maybe in, on. in a sense, this is great. Point. This is a if you could look at it as a beneficial prompting to you because maybe sometimes oh well we're a believing family. Yeah, we're and on we just autopilot. Sit back sometimes. on yeah. autopilot, 100%. and then you grow up your kids in church, and they're like they never knew God. And wow. so maybe there's this opportunity for you and anybody else that that both people do believe. What are the things that we should do for our kids? We should example, uh, show an example yeah. of loving Jesus, not just doing church and religion. And so I want my kids to see me pursuing relationship with Him. So they they see me reading my Bible, mm -hmm. they see me praying, they see me doing the things on my own in secret or in my house that. I'm out at church doing mm -hmm. it in front of people. Um, they, you know, get invited into evangelism yeah. or in my case, making videos about Jesus yeah. or um, they get to experience me asking them for forgiveness when I yeah. make a mistake. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, you know, all yeah. of these things that, the, that any parent should do mm. for their kids, I'd say to you, you do that in spite of whether or not your spouse is joining you in that example or whatever. Read the Bible to them. Teach them the way of Jesus. Come on. Show an example of how you're walking in the way of Jesus. Dude, great advice. I mean, all I'm the, shouting you down. This things. is money. <laughs> it's money because it removes the ammunition the enemy has to be like, you're a victim. Like, God is... Like, no. You're 100% right. This is everyone's. This is my duty, too. And in some ways, um, the Lord 
is giving you an incredible opportunity because can you imagine a believing spouse an unbelieving spouse and this one is living by emotions and and reactions and then you're living by biblical principles inviting your children into the process like here's why mommy's thinking this here's why daddy's thinking this This is what the bible says like i gotta forgive i gotta you know and 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 you do that i know the the um you're great parents the browns are great parents and we do you do the same thing that we do like when mommy and daddy are going through a challenge with another family or a, a job we literally invite our kids in and we're like hey there's a verse in proverbs that says you know we made a mistake and this is how you act toward these people and we're gonna do that we want you to know will you pray with us like let's you know we've we've had stuff like that and you get to do that on a daily and when those kids are watching the difference in your life i'm telling you those kids are gonna be like well this is the way like we've seen how our mom does it we've seen how right. our dad does it yeah it's powerful dude great twist this is why i signed up for this is that kind of that kind of chess move i loved it <laughs> <laughs> What's the passage even about the divorce? Uh, that's in Ephesians. Okay, no, no. First Corinthians 7. If a woman has a husband who's an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy, holy. because of his wife. The unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, that's your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. But but if the unbelieving partner separates, let us let it be so. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? I think, you know, what he's saying is that your example is is gonna be the thing that, That's that correct. can lead to your spouse's salvation and, and your kids. And so, yeah, stick with it, stick with it. Yep. Um, uh, in fact, I think that to go take it further, I think that that verse says like the reason you stay in the marriage is to sanctify your spouse too. I think that's the word, right? That yeah, it's used holy, to make, make them holy. holy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is the best shot in the world. Um, and the other powerful thing is we can't forget that a marriage, the Bible says through Paul is, uh, example of Christ in the church. Right. And so a hundred percent, this is how Christ acts toward his unbelieving, you know, uh, children that are that he wants in the kingdom. He keeps loving. He keeps forgiving. He stays consistent. He does the things that, he, you know, He's not a man that he should lie. Like all of his promises are yes and amen. He just keeps the covenant. And this unbelieving person, this rebellious person, this this uh, prodigal son or daughter, like when they come back, it's open arms. It's yeah. we're ready to go. I mean, this is the kind of love that Jesus calls us to. Yeah. Powerful. Great advice. Good stuff. Hard stuff. Yeah. Hard stuff, but good stuff. If this is you, keep going. Yeah. Fall, fall more and more in love with Jesus. Let your light shine so that your kids and your spouse and the world will see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Mm -hmm. Any other final thoughts? Uh, no, I think we should pray for this, pe this person and any other people in this circumstance. And if you're in it, I think you should just... Um, agree with us whenever you're watching mm -hmm. it when two or three are gathered here upon anything um, they shall have it uh, agree upon one thing they shall have it so like there's power in agreed prayer so mm -hmm. i think we should pray that's my final thought all right
Why don't you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we come together, we agree that you give peace that passes understanding. Will you calm the hearts and quell the, the intrusive thoughts in the minds of people who are in this position? Would you remind them of your goodness right now? Would you remind them of your faithfulness right now? Because the joy of the Lord will be their strength to help them endure all the things that they have to endure. Lord, staying close with you will be the absolute linchpin to this entire this entire process. Mm -hmm. So give strength and grace to my brothers and sisters who are coupled or yoked with people who either believe in part or don't believe at all. Lord, as that partner pulls the yoke against their neck and tries to pull them off the path, I pray for the balm of Gilead to to absolutely um, um, calm the inflation and the pain and the wounds and the hurt. But Lord, give them the strength to stay steady and on mm -hmm. course. I pray right now that just they, they can see themselves as, as a faithful servant of the King, following the line, just following where you're going. And no matter how they get yanked off path, that you give them the strength to bear the yoke to stay the course. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to mince words about it. It's a really tough call. But Lord, you are the God who can give, uh, um, who can make the weak strong. You are the God who can make the blind see. You can do the miraculous. I pray that you would reward these faithful brothers and sisters as they go on this journey. And Lord, I pray right now, I know you're with that unbelieving spouse or that, that non-believing spouse 24 seven. Would you speak to them clearly? Would you mm -hmm. call them by name? Would you open their eyes to see, give them ears to hear so they can see all this fruit in their spouse's life? I just pray for those marriages in Jesus name. Would you bind them close together? Mm -hmm. Would you win them back in Jesus name? And for those kids, eyes to see, ears to hear that the faithful believing mom or dad, all the goodness in their life. And even through trouble, they're still loving and committed because at the end of the day, that's what every human wants is to be whole. And so I thank you for um, um, your goodness. And I thank you that you're going to give these brothers and sisters the strength to rejoice in this trouble. Um, be with them, I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us more, you can find us at the thematicpodcast.com or the thematicpodcast at gmail.com. And you could find out more of what ministry, what we're doing at logicostministries.com. Yeah. And you can find us on all the socials. So yeah. if you haven't yet uh, left a review on one of the podcast networks, we'd love for you to do that and share this with a friend to help get the word out. God bless you guys. Sweet.